I'm fascinated by stories of inner strength. For example, a few weeks ago, I spoke to a young woman who rode across the Atlantic on her own. It was an incredible achievement and really inspiring. And most recently, I read Edith Eager's book, The Gift, which again illustrates the power of the mind when we put it to use in our favour. Edith Eager, if you haven't heard of her, was a 16-year-old ballerina in 1944 when she and the rest of her family were sent to Auschwitz. What followed was an unimaginable journey demonstrating life-affirming strength and resilience. And in this episode, we look at some of the life lessons we can take from Eager's inspirational journey. Hey, Matthew Norrie here, host of the Happy Habit Podcast, talking health and well-being Mondays and Thursdays. You'll find us on all podcast platforms, YouTube, Instagram and TikTok. And if you're enjoying the series, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends and family. Edith Eager starts her book, The Gift, by reminding us of her mother's words that no one can take from you what you have put in your mind. These words would echo again and again in her mind as she tried to process the trauma of having survived Auschwitz from moment to moment. While it was in one respect a hell on earth, in another way, It was, as she says, her best classroom. Having been subjected to losing her parents on the very first day she arrived, to experiencing torture, starvation and the constant threat of death, she discovered the tools for survival and freedom that she has used in her everyday life since and in her practice as a psychologist. Edith, in fact, is still alive and enjoying every moment of her freedom at 95 years of age. Eager reminds us that the worst prison we ever experience is actually the one we build for ourselves in our minds. And this theme of prisons recurs again and again in the book. Our thoughts and beliefs determine and often limit how we feel and what we do and what we think is achievable. This book is a practical guide to help people identify their own mental prisons and acquire the tools to free themselves, with the foundation of freedom being the power to choose. Eager was physically broken by her ordeal in Auschwitz, but mentally she had the choice of how to respond to that trauma, and she chose hope. Her work is rooted in four principles. We flourish when we harness learned optimism, the ability to create and find purpose in our lives. Secondly, understanding that our thoughts create our feelings and our behaviour. To change self-defeating behaviours, we have to change our thoughts. Thirdly, we must value ourselves with the highest regard. And finally, the worst experiences can in fact be our best teachers. The author tells us that ultimately freedom is a choice that we make again and again from moment to moment. But freedom requires us to be hopeful and to have curiosity. We all have the capacity to choose. When there's nothing helpful coming from the outside, we must look within. It's not what happens to us, but how we choose to respond that matters most. 
Change is about interrupting patterns and habits that no longer serve us. When ridding ourselves of a bad habit, we must replace it with a good habit. And when you can achieve change, you don't simply become a newer version of yourself. You, in fact, become the authentic version of yourself. Eager makes a brilliantly simple point early on in the book. Many victims of circumstance get hung up on the question of why me? But she says this is the wrong question that they should be asking. Instead, she suggests the question should be along the lines of why not me? And what now? The why me question simply reinforces a victim mentality and gets us nowhere, whereas why not me and what now moves us away from the scapegoat or victim mindset into a more powerful position of choice and action. We move out of victimhood, a prison made by the mind, into a position of freedom. Look, you don't have to like the bad things that happen to you, but you can absolutely decide how you respond to them. Many people choose to remain victims, as it allows them not to take responsibility for their lives. But remember, you are the one constant in your life. You will always have yourself as company, so you owe it to yourself to do the best by yourself. You can only do this if you nourish your relationship with yourself every single day. Eager tells us to say to ourselves the words, I'm never going to leave you. I love you. When we start loving ourselves, we allow healing to take place. Victimhood is a creation of our minds. It's an attempt by our minds to ironically protect us to make ourselves hurt less, but in the long run it works against us, as it takes our power away from us and keeps us stuck. It delays our growth and the longer we stay a victim, the harder it is for us to leave it behind. When we step out of victimhood, we step into the rest of our lives. Eager tells us about two patients she treated. Both were confined to a wheelchair as a result of spinal injuries. One patient was full of rage at his predicament. The other responded differently and found that now that he was in a wheelchair, he was actually at the same height as his children's eyeline. He wasn't happy to be in a wheelchair, but his situation afforded him a new perspective, literally and metaphorically. He saw his injury as a new source of growth. How we spend our time and mental energy affects our health. If we resist and if we fight life, we take away from our chance to grow and to heal. We can absolutely acknowledge the bad thing that is happening to us, but we can also find the best way to live with it. And this is about being attuned to possibilities. In every crisis there is transition. There is healing power when we shift our thinking from a victim mindset to that of strength and survival. The author continues the prison theme in the book when she talks about the prison of avoidance. She avoided talking about her time in Auschwitz for a long time, and that was despite her becoming a psychologist and treating others with trauma. The irony was she wasn't treating herself. And as she points out, what comes out doesn't make you sick. It's what stays in that does. We must allow our emotions to express themselves because we don't heal when we don't feel. 
But the author's failure to process and feel the emotions related to her trauma meant she was still, in essence, in prison. We avoid our feelings because they make us feel uncomfortable. But in doing so, we deny reality. So it's crucial we get comfortable with our feelings, invite them in, get curious about them. It's also important to note that a feeling is just a feeling. It's not your identity. So let the feelings come. Let them move through you and then let them go. The author talks about the prison of self-neglect. As we mentioned earlier, the one constant in our lives from birth to death is ourselves. So we had better learn to love ourselves because we have to live with that person every single day. So accept yourself. Anything we practice, we become better at. So take the time to notice and experience joy. Maintain a balance of work, play and love and show yourself love. Also, check in with your body throughout the day. Ask yourself, do I feel soft? Do I feel cold? Do I feel warm? The book talks about the subject of the prison of shame and guilt. Eager felt guilty for surviving Auschwitz, where so many other people died. So she felt she was unworthy of joy. She even denied herself the chance to go to her own graduation because she felt she didn't deserve it. But the truth is, guilt keeps us stuck. It is rooted in shame and it is extremely debilitating. Nobody is born with shame or guilt. We acquire these things. Guilt stops us enjoying our memories. It prevents us from living fully in the now. Freedom lies in accepting our whole imperfect selves and giving up the need for perfection. Guilt and shame don't come from the outside, but from within. So we choose to release shame. So we choose to release shame or guilt and replace them with kindness. I love the line in the book, no one rejects you, but you. This draws on the notion that you can choose how you respond. So you can choose whether or not you feel guilt or shame. Nobody else does that for you. Nobody else defines you but you. If people do pass judgment or criticize you, you can simply ask yourself, is there anything helpful in what they have said that will support my growth? Also, listen to how you talk to yourself. These thoughts influence how you feel and will dictate how you act. Are your thoughts empowering or are they depleting you? Freedom comes from letting go. You can't change a situation or someone else's mind, but you can look at reality differently. You can accept and integrate multiple perspectives. This flexibility is your strength. This is key, especially during a conflict. You hold on to your truth while also letting go of the need for power and control. This means you respond rather than react. Remember that life is not fair. Our hurt and frustration are legitimate, but we can face any circumstance with rigidity or flexibility. The choice is ours. We don't have to like the difficult things that happen to us, but when we don't resist them, we have more energy to move forward. So flexibility rather than rigidity is the real strength here. The author talks about the prison of paralyzing fear. She notes that change is synonymous with growth. To grow, we have to evolve, which means we must move away from fear. 
But many of us live our lives in fear. And the problem with fear is it uses relentless provocative words like what if. The author suggests taking this approach to fear. Thank it for wanting to protect you. But you got this. Releasing fear starts with us. The irony is that we choose to hold on to fear, thinking vigilance will protect us, but it becomes a relentless cycle, a self-fulfilling prophecy, and a prison. A far better protection is to know how to love ourselves. Eager also tells us not to use the term I can't. She says, unless you are an infant, the term I can't simply is not an accurate statement. I can't really means I won't. So when we say we can't accept something, it really means we won't accept something. I can't escape from fear means I won't escape from fear. We choose not to. Also, don't use the term I'm trying or I will try because trying is lying. It's time to stop trying and to start doing. So the language we use is hugely important. We free ourselves from our prison by paying attention to how we talk to ourselves. Using terms like I can, I want, I'm willing, I choose are much more preferable. A useful instrument to resolving fear is curiosity. When we are curious, we are in the present, eager to discover what's going to happen next, rather than being rooted in the past. The book introduces the subject of judgment, again calling it a prison of judgment, saying that when we judge others, we actually victimise ourselves. The most obnoxious person is actually our best teacher. The, he teaches you that what you don't like in him, you can examine in yourself. Remember, we are born to love. We learn to hate. It's up to us which one we reach for. So the next time you are in the company of someone you find obnoxious, soften how you see that person. Look for the lesson you can learn from them. Ask yourself of them, what are you here to teach me? Eager's story is a monumental one of survival. She has taken the lessons learned in a concentration camp, a hell on earth, where she witnessed untold suffering and barbaric trauma and applied them to her life and has done for the last 80 years. She hasn't simply survived, she has thrived and continues to do so through her books. As an imprisoned 16-year-old who had just witnessed the murder of her parents, her choice was to either give up or choose hope. Eager sees her life as a gift, all of its ups and downs as a gift. It has given her freedom every single day ever since her release, when she could easily have remained in that prison of her mind. Two final thoughts that Eager leaves us with. One, no matter what happens, never give up. And secondly, remember, nobody can take away what you have put in your mind. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. Music.